Passion Pursuits. Pursuing what you love brings fulfillment and enjoyment. And my guest today is a talented artist who sketches in her free time. Not only did she revive her love for drawing after leaving her pen and paper aside for years, but she also passionately contributes to the greater good. She is a social entrepreneur who works with video gamers to connect socially in the physical world away from the virtual world, that is, and co-authored an e-book titled Understanding Games and Gamers. Pauline Poon is the founder of Social Enterprise Comeback Private Limited. She is also a member of the Media Literacy Council and part of an interagency task force on mental health and well-being. Welcome, Pauline. Pauline, tell me more about your passion for art. What kind of art do you make? Okay, my art is basically on paper and I use majority pen, but sometimes I do mix with colour pencils or even watercolour to just give it a different feel and touch, but mainly landscape, I would describe them. Quite a lot of my artwork um, is about Singapore buildings. Hmm. Um, I just enjoy architecture, but sometimes I also do draw trees, nature, very much what I see around me. And sometimes I also dig into history. I also draw buildings that have already been demolished. So I based it on old photos um, and descriptions that I can find about the building. Mm. Is this something that you tend to do to preserve memories of the buildings that used to be in Singapore? Yes, I think memories can be preserved in different ways. And for me, places do carry with it many layers of memories. Usually when I look at a space, when physically when I'm present or to photos, I think I just enjoy that presence of knowing that people are connected through this space in many, many layers. Okay, I'm going to take you down memory lane a little bit. How mm-hmm. did you first start to have this love for art? I've always liked to draw even as a very young child. Even like in primary school, before exams, when there's a lot of stress, my parents will never be able to understand (laughs) why I'm still doodling at the side instead of studying. I think it is a way of escape, maybe, and to find some sanity or my little private personal space that I get into when I start drawing. When I went to secondary school, I studied art. So you took art for all levels? Yes, I did. I think I got an A... I can't remember A1 or A2. Wow, but. clearly talented. <laughs> Have you ever thought of wanting to become an artist at that time? Actually, I have never dreamt that I'll be an artist. Oh. Even right now, it feels very surreal. <laughs> Talking about it, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very strange. Like, oh, I am selling my art? Okay, that makes me an artist. But it has never been in my mind or even planned to be one. When I was in university, so I didn't I didn't study art in uni. I mm-hmm. studied business. Mm-hmm. So it's completely different. I didn't have time at that point in time to actually draw my During that time, a part of me just kind of went asleep. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know what you mean. I myself am quite creative. I need to have that creative outlet, mm. whether it's baking or cooking <laughs> or uh, playing the piano even, mm. you know. Mm. So you need to have that outlet to feel alive. Yes. yes. I can completely relate to what you're saying. Yeah, it was a little dry then. <laughs> so how did you rekindle your love for art? It was only about two and a half years or three years ago. I had to go through a surgery, so I had... NC. I told myself I'll do a consecutive 14-day personal sketch journal. Mm. So that was when, I guess, the most intensive or regular drawing period for a while. And then my spiritual father saw one of my drawings, which I hardly show anyone my drawings. It has always been a very personal thing um, that I just draw and then it just gets tucked somewhere in my shelf. But that day, I happened to be at his place and he saw and he said, you have to sell your art. <laughs> I just say, okay, I can share. I'm not too personal about my art. Like, I can share it. It's just I never thought about it. Mm-mm-mm. So I started sharing and just put it out in online and see if anyone would buy. And that started the journey. <laughs> That 14-day journey, right? Mm. When was that? That was about two and a half years ago. Oh, just two and a half years ago. So yeah. you left it for so long and it all came right back, just like that. <laughs> Amazing. I think some muscle memory is still there. But actually, even right now, I feel that I can do a lot more. But it's just that I need the time mm. to really get into it, which I don't have. If I have time, it'll be just at night, two, three hours. So it's still a long way for me to go as an artist, if I can say that. But still very impressive. <laughs> so to date, how many art pieces have you sold? Oh, I never really count. But for the prints, I know I definitely passed 100, yeah. When you sold your first artwork, how did that feel? I couldn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you mean someone would want to pay for my art? That's like big, I don't know, revelation. (laughs) Did you have an exhibition or was Um, it displayed somewhere? Okay, I have a few pieces of my art at the Affordable Art Fair. Wow, okay. Yeah. So that was also unexpected because within the booth, I was the least experienced artist. Like the rest were like very awesome. Like Mm. those majestic pieces that you look at it, you're like, whoa. And I was just like a simple sketch thing, you know, uh, to be on the wall. But I'm still very thankful to be there. But that wasn't the first time you had your art displayed to the public, right? Um, My art has been on display at Design Orchard. Mm-hmm. It's still there. And then my art prints are selling wow. at National Gallery Store mm. as well. Wow, amazing. Mm. Since you started two and a half years ago, how do you think your art has evolved? Uh, I think one significant experiment that I did was moving from white paper to dark coloured paper because I was just wondering how landscape will look because at night, buildings and the landscape has a totally different feel from in the daytime. So I wanted to explore how I can actually draw building uh, against dark backgrounds and have bright lines instead. I think that that started off and Design Orchard is 
the place, actually all my pieces there are dark background pieces. I have lighthouses of Singapore and then I have one that is of a Peranakan house on Emerald Hill. I also have the National Gallery, uh, the old Supreme Court and the old City Hall. Yeah. So mostly local landscape? Yes, mostly. Interesting. Pauline, we know that you have a social enterprise that you started. It's called Comeback. Could you tell us more about it and how did you even think of starting such a social enterprise for gamers? Well, it started almost seven years ago. At that point, I just knew I had to work with young people and I wasn't sure what I was going to do, which angle, but I started with where I'm most familiar with, which is social media. As I move along, the contact with gaming community started to open up within a year and a half or two. So as I had more contact and more understanding of the gamers and the games that they've been playing, the whole culture and how it is growing. And at that time, eSports was also gaining a lot of attention. I took quite a bit of time to just understand uh, what this landscape is and how the gamers are actually, what the challenges or the gaps in this space. Besides talking to gamers and interacting with them, I also did a whole bunch of reading uh, research papers as well and anything else that's published or perspective. At the end of it, we started the first outreach that we did with gamers will be Kelly Trip. We actually took a bunch of gamers to KL hmm. and we rented PCs at the gaming arena and we gamed three days, two nights. <laughs> as insane as it sounds, wow. right? So yeah. that was the starting point. It is really just engaging gamers to come together for bonding, for social, which I think the younger generation of gamers generally feel awkward with physical friends, you know, face-to-face, but they're really comfortable online. But uh, we brought them together in a physical place and they start making new friends um, and learn to socialize face-to-face And the other aspect that we have grown into is that we got families, parents and child to form teams and come together and play together. It's interesting to see how social can happen in a context of play, even for video games. So, yeah. What is your vision for your social enterprise? It is not limited to game. It is actually in the tech world. We are connected digitally, but oftentimes we are not socially connected. There's no relational connection in the digital connection. So all these need to be very intentional to make meaning out of all these connectivity that we have. A lot of the challenges that tech has brought into society is because of the disconnect between people. Mm. So if we can have that connection and build that connection between people and help to enhance the benefits of technology, then I think... It will be a lot better in a digital world and also those who are struggling to adapt will also find it easier to move along. I got to ask, you're an artist and we're talking about social connection here. So have you ever thought about using your art to do that? I have, but I'm not sure how. So it's probably having to let it take time to evolve Mm -hmm. and find its way in a form that will actually build that. Okay, so we might see some of your initiatives involving your art at some point. 
I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> no plans at the moment or no, no concept. Thank you so much, Pauline, for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me, Lily. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.